What's the plan? How the hell am I supposed to know? You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. If this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? All right, welcome back to the Road Home on Film. My name's Andy, coming to you live to take from the Road Home from Wrestling World Mobile Headquarters of the World. And I got you on the front seat. What up, Joe? Not much, guys. I'm so excited to be back. Talk yeah. about movies, talk about life, give an update on Rufus, you know, the whole nine yards. So Rufus from uh, the movie Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, right? No, Rubus. Oh, Rubus. Really? That you did that to your dog? R-U-B-U-S. Why'd you do that? Because it's my favorite beer from Matry, Rubus Cacao. It's a chocolate raspberry stout <laughs> that you can only get during the fall and slash winter. Yeah, and you can only take one sip of before your belly's completely full, and you can't drink anything else. Pretty much. Yes. It looks like motor oil oh, is like the consistency of the beer. And wow. Rubus is very much like that. Mm, interesting. So he is, uh, you and Rubus, your dog, are like oil and water, it turns out, right? Yeah, because he is a handful, and I'm just trying to be chill. He doesn't know how to be chill, mm. but it works out. They'll calm down. They calm down over time. It takes some time. you got to cut their nuts off and all that stuff. Uh, so. That happens next week. So. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> awesome. Well, today we are back to talk about a new movie that honestly I didn't even know was coming out and I didn't even know a wrestler was in it like I think I'd heard it a long time ago but I wasn't really paying attention and uh, that is the Suicide Squad not Suicide Squad no. the Suicide Squad now before we get into this John we got to talk a little bit about the original movie the Suicide Squad and what you thought of that because I can tell you real quick in just a couple sentences what I thought of that movie and that was uh, I didn't think much of it I thought it was very bad um, and poor and awful and other synonyms for those words. I thought it fit the DC like film universe very well in the fact that it was not good. <laughs> Most Fair enough. DC movies are not good. Like a majority of them. I think there's been maybe two that I've enjoyed. The first Wonder Woman, definitely not the second Wonder Woman. Yes, agreed. Uh, and then maybe... No, I didn't like the original Justice League. I like the Snyder cut of the Justice League. I did like that. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought it was all right. I thought it was way too effing long, though. Of course, yeah. And, um, you know, I, I just felt like that a lot of the things that the first Suicide Squad movie did wrong, this one did right. Um, and my biggest thing about this and, like, the one takeaway that you can get from all this is that the, <laughs> the humor was kind of shoehorned into the original Suicide Squad, trying to be funny. Look, it's Will Smith. He's a funny guy. There he is being yeah. funny. Look how funny he is. And it wasn't funny. Whereas the uh, the jokes and the humor in, um, you know, which is, is a in large quantities um, of the Suicide Squad, I would think that that, to me, was much more natural and organic feeling, and it was very funny. I laughed many, many times during the movie. Uh, John, did you laugh at the movie? Oh, I laughed plenty of times. And I think the difference with this one compared to the original that DC obviously does not want people to remember because they basically just act like this was a complete reboot 
even though it's not like we had seven movies leading up to this, they just did a complete reboot. But I thought this film had the like the, the actors had better chemistry. Oh, I would say. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, because like you said, like you had Will Smith, who everyone's like, oh man, it's Will Smith. We got to put on our best acting shoes. <laughs> and like this one, they're like, cool. Let's just have fun. So this movie, uh, The Suicide Squad, the most recent one here, it also had a fantastic bad guy, like kind of like end game kind of bad guy that was apparently a big favorite of people who liked the comics. So I was not aware. I, we are not comics guys that I am from aware. Maybe you are. Uh, I am not. I'm more, D, or more Marvel okay. than DC. I am not a comics guy. I've read zero comics as far as uh, DC or Marvel that I'm aware of. But um, I just, apparently the main bad guy was like, a pretty big surprise for a lot of people and a lot of fun. Um, and that's kind of what this this movie is. It's just a lot of fun. And it's kind of like it, it subverts your expectations in fun ways. And also, something I noticed immediately about it, which we'll get into, is uh, that it is a hard R. It's not just rated R. It is a hard <laughs> R. I mean, we got male-female nudity. We have gore galore, all right? We have... Um, cursing every other word I mean it's amazing I thought it was interesting you know yeah and I think so I think this is what DC needs to lean into is so Marvel has a very like poppy uh, like family friendly atmosphere DC needs to just go straight for the adults we don't give a shit about the kids let's be as violent and gory as we want to be because I think that's what I enjoyed about the Snyder cut of Justice League it was very violent yeah it was bloody so this was, you know, it took that to the next level. Oh boy! I thought, um, but yeah, I agree. This is definitely a hard R. So your kids probably shouldn't watch this. No, and and it's bonkers to me that like when Deadpool and then Deadpool two just like did so well that it took this long to get another movie like that. You know what I mean? It really did. This is the first movie like that that I can think of. You know, yeah, and, as and far as like superheroes, it yeah. makes no sense to me because there's so much fodder out there for this kind of storyline and these kinds of movies. I really hope, like you said, DC continues to lean into this. This movie is is good, and we'll get into why and all that stuff. Now, I will tell you, we're probably going to be a lot more heavy on talking about the actors and characters than we will the plot. Um, the plot is very good and fun, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about things that happen in the movie. But I. I really want to talk about each one of the characters, and there is a million characters in this movie. There is. So, you know, I mean, I guess that's where we should start, right? I mean, let's let's talk about some of these actors, and obviously, you know, this movie is starring John Cena, and that's why we're watching it, so that's why we watched it, you know? It's the only reason. Yeah, and I could see him the entire time. Yeah, yeah. You get it? You get it? I do. I do. Because most people can't see John Cena. That's what they say. Yeah. I saw saw him just fine. Okay. So, the first actress we'll talk about is Margot Robbie, who played Harley Quinn in this film. Uh, You might remember her from such films as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where she played Sharon Tate. Uh, She was also in I, Tanya as Tanya Harding. And I think probably her most notable role... Uh, is Flopsy slash the narrator from the Peter Rabbit franchise. That's it? It's not Wolf of Wall Street? No. <laughs> okay. It's Flopsy. Fair enough. Fair enough. Have you seen the Peter Rabbit movies? No. I saw them. I took my niece and nephew to see the first one. 
It was actually quite enjoyable. I used to read those. I like those. Um, I, it, I think it fits into my, like, my love for accents. And it's ooh, like, okay. it's British. So I'm like, hell yeah, let's go, brother. Gotcha. Okay. okay. These little rabbits are talking in a British accent. I might be turned on. What did you think be. of uh, Harley Quinn's uh, Joyzy accent? I think she's pretty good at it. I mean, it's, well, uh, is she good at it? Well, let's talk about it. What did you think of her in this movie? Tell me all about it. I think she plays a fantastic Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's one of those like characters that all the little fanboys uh, have been clamoring for from their mom's basement. Everybody wants to fuck her. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's super hot. For real. And like, they picked a great actress to fill that role because mm -hmm. uh, Margot Robbie's super hot. Yes. Um, and then you give her pigtails and like, hey, let's go. <laughs> So, so it's fun. Hey, let's go. So. Yeah, but I think she does a great job. So I really enjoyed uh, her performance in the Birds of Prey movie, where it's just her, um, especially the physical stuff. I thought she was fantastic at the fighting and stuff, and and I noticed that she had kind of a luchador kind of like move set in that movie. Yeah, that didn't really return to this one, unfortunately, uh, which I was a little bummed about. However. Her fantastic performance was like times 10 in this movie. She gets her own storyline. So this movie is very episodic. It's 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 literally has episodes. And so there's like, you know, I don't know, like 10 episodes maybe in the whole movie. So each one's kind of separate. And you could watch one, a standalone episode. And then, you know, you could move on and wait and, and watch the next one next week or something. And it would be really cool. She has her own standalone episode where she deals with this like you know, El Presidente type character and the South American, um, you know, uh, dictatorship type situation. And um, it's fucking awesome. It's one of the best parts of the movie. It is just great because, you know, the scene where she, she kills the guy, <laughs> it's just so great because you knew something was going to happen. It, nothing could go right for her. So, you know, you knew that something wasn't going to go right and she was going to lose her mind and kill the guy. And it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, and then she has her own, like, fight sequence that's later, I mean, obviously, it's later on in the movie, mm -hmm. but, like, that fight sequence is probably the best one in the whole film, where she just goes on, like, a warpath of killing everyone in sight. Yes, and she has a funny interaction with a character, um, which we'll talk about all these jobber characters at some point, uh, named the Javelin, and so he, you know, he bestows upon her this weapon and she's like, oh, that's awesome, thank you, you know, and it, and it, it helps her in the end, and it's just this fun, stupid, uh, you know, uh, superhero trope type stuff that she kind of turns on its head because she's Harley Quinn, you know, and I just love it. The scene where she's being tortured is awesome. That scene is fantastic. It's so good. I loved it. Yeah. She did a great job. Who else is in this movie? Uh, the surprise actor, because nobody knew that he was in this until the, like, third trailer came out. Nathan Fillion? No. Oh. Idris Elba. Oh. Who they, plays Bloodsport. Yeah. They didn't know he was in it? Nobody knew he was in this okay. until, like, the third trailer. Um, so, you might know him from such movies as The Dark Tower, where he plays Roland. Oh. Uh, Do you want to hear my review of The Dark Tower, the movie? I bet I can guess. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Uh, he also plays uh, in a movie called Molly's Game. Uh, he plays a character named Charlie Jaffe. He's like a lawyer in that. Have you seen Molly's Game? Nope. 
It's really good. It's about uh, like a poker, like an underground poker game with a bunch of like rich people that Molly is running in. Good old Molly. Yeah. yeah. And then, but most people know Idris Elba from his star-studded role as the Cavity in Cats. <laughs> so, um, I know. Did you see cats? Uh, no, but oh I have. I have seen God. clips of it, and I'm familiar. And um, you know, I've seen cats live. I'm familiar with how weird it is already. It's let alone, so weird. You it's know, so bad. The yes. movie was so bad. It's like it's not finished. You know, it's like no. they didn't finish it, and they're just like, here you go. Here's well, the they movie. literally put it out unfinished, mm -hmm. and then a week later, a new version of the movie came out. <laughs> With more like polished cats. Yeah, that's a thing. So, um, if you listen to the Never Open podcast, that you know that Master Watto, his his cat Master Gatto, his favorite song is the McCavity song. So uh, that's that's really good information to know about real characters that exist in the real world. Yeah. Um, and so you know that's that's really important. Now you are really kind of fucking up this whole Idriselba thing because. I mean, if you know who he is, you know him as one person, and one person only, and, uh, you know... It's not McCavity? No, it's Stringer Bell from The Wire, man. He's, like, one of the most legendary bad guys in television history, and, uh, he is so good in that show, and, um, one of the things I like about this movie and his performance here is he gets to actually have his normal accent, you know, and so that's good. Uh, although he's kind of Australian kind of in this movie, it sounds like, so... He, is it? No, he's he's British. So, um, you know, from, from what I understand, I always thought he was British, but maybe he is Australian. I, I think he is from like New Zealand. Um, well, could be, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's British. But uh, yes, he's from Hackney, London, England. Yeah, exactly. So, but he gets to kind of have an accent, so that's a little more normal. Because sometimes when he's in these movies where he's, you know, not. I mean, like once you hear it, you can't unhear it, and that's when people. That are that are from another country than America. They do an American accent. They may do a real good job, but as soon as they get upset and they start yelling, it's like crikey! You just hear that all of a sudden. You're like, yeah. wait a second. Kind so of fades away. So what? It, you know, I am a massive fan of Idris Elba. I think he's like one of the best actors of our generation, or whatever you call that. And uh, I love him. Now you're also fucking up that um, he, this is his triumphant return to the podcast because he was in. The uh, Fast and Furious movie that we did. Yeah, he was. I almost <laughs> included him. I almost included that role on his thing, but I was like, nah, I'm gonna mix it up and well, it's not just, have the, some of the same ones. It's his triumphant return. It so is. welcome back, buddy. Uh, our next actor is uh, Joel Kinnaman, okay. who plays Rick Flag. Oh yeah. Okay. So uh, you might know him. Yes. From uh -huh. such hits as. Robocop. I was gonna say Robocop. <laughs> or he plays Alex Murphy, aka Robocop. <laughs> uh, he's also Edward Baldwin in the Apple TV show for all mankind. Does anybody watch Apple TV? I, I watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV, that's about it. I, yeah, I signed up for it for a year and got it for free and didn't watch it one time. So. Uh, yeah, I don't there's not a ton there's on, on there, but, yes. um, and then it, apparently, this is like a franchise in Sweden and Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, the Killing. This show called John Flack. Oh, okay. Where he plays Frank Wagner, 
I just knew when I was going through his IMDb, there was like 17 John Flack gotcha, okay. movies, and I was like, holy shit, there's a lot of these. Yeah, I think he's in The Killing, too, and a couple other kind of nice uh, TV shows. Um, I really like him. I think he's great, and, and, and what's cool about him in this movie is, unlike in the first Suicide Squad, he has stuff to do in this movie, and like his character is a pivotal part of like the entire plot line and, and what draws the, the, the group of, of misfits together as a team. I mean, it's like, it, instead of just being a guy that's there, he's now one of the most important characters in the, in the movie. Yeah, because in the first one, he's kind of just the commander who's like, oh, I'm a symbol in this team. And this one, he's like in charge of one of two teams that we later find out. But he's not like, he's not one dimensional in this. Oh. He's like, he's trying to fight the good fight while still, you know, he's a criminal too, right? Uh, I was don't he think not? so. No, I think he was just a military guy that ended up where he's at. But maybe he's got a dark past as well. Uh, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like, I don't, he wasn't just like, I'm the captain. We had stuff to do. This movie added dimension to all of the recurring characters, um, including the lady uh, that's in charge, which we'll talk about her. She's uh, next. So there you go. Uh, and next we have Viola Davis, who plays Amanda Waller. Uh, you might remember her from her hit TV show, How to Get Away with Murder, where she plays Annalise Ketty. Oh. Uh, she also was in The Help as... Abilene Clark. Have you seen The Help? Nope. It's a really good movie. She should have won an Academy Award for that one, but she didn't. She did win an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress in Fences, where she plays Rose Maxson. Another one I have not seen. Uh, you don't, you're not missing anything. I hated Fences. I don't go see dramas, really, you know? So... I will, see, I will see anything you put in front of me. I am aware part. of that, yes. So, well, she was fantastic in this movie, as usual. Um, and, and in this one, again, she had depth added. She also um, was kind of like portrayed as all-powerful, only to not to get fucking knocked the fuck out late in the movie, which was awesome. And there's something very interesting about who did the knocking out and all that stuff that I'll share later in the show if you remind me so okay. um i'll try to remember that because there's a there's a spin-off tv show that's going to happen there so is yes oh you already know about yes it. okay i got you and then and so her uh, the person that knocks out um whatever her name is um and the the kind of fat guy they're going to be like some of the main characters in the new tv show so hey all right uh, but yeah i mean i i thought viola did did great yeah i think has more depth than this but one too <laughs> this is like this is my thing with superhero movies that they love to just blow their like budget on these like high-end actors and actresses that are like why are any academy award winners in any superhero That's fair, films yeah. i'm like viola davis what are you doing here honey you got like snagged into that contract and now you're stuck and you can't get out of it well, but ben kingsley is the the mandarin remember that yeah, and then it turns out he wasn't even the real Mandarin. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> Which apparently they're supposed to play into that in oh. oh. next month. God. Uh, <laughs> now we're on to our main event. Oh, shit. This is the star we came here for. John Cena right. playing Peacemaker. Making his triumphant return again. We've covered several John Cena movies now at this point. I think three, four, something um, like that. Uh, yeah. He had uh, 
What was that awful movie that you loved? Flame with Fire uh, was one of them. Yeah, uh, Flame with Fire was a great you one. Know, uh, uh, Doolittle. Doolittle, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, John Cena in this movie, alright? I was really worried at first. I was really worried because, like, he's intentionally awful. Like, you know, he's, he's really stiff and, like, is yeah. not acting properly. And he's bad at the physical stuff. Like, for the first half of the movie, he's, like, just awful. And you're like, what's going on? But this is all part of the plan. You know what I mean? Because he is a secret heel and, uh, you know, not-so-secret heel kind of. But he's also just an idiot. There is a scene at the very beginning that this is maybe one of the first scenes in the movie where I just laughed my head off was they're sitting in a like, you know, a classroom and they're going over their big mission that they're going to do and they start talking about the starfish, all right? And John Cena raises his hand, he has a question. He says, uh, uh, starfish is a uh, slang term for butthole. Do you think there's any connection? <laughs> like that. And I was like, awesome. Okay, I get it now. All right, he's just a nerd and is an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing. So Yeah, he's so like, by the book on everything. Because right. I, th I think one of my favorite lines is like, uh, he's talking to this girl who can control rats. And she's like, why are you killing like all these people? And he's like, oh take peace at any cost. I don't care who I have to kill to get peace. Like, yes. I'm going to get peace. What's the joke? Fighting for peace is like Chippendales for lesbians. That's the joke, you know? Uh, but yeah, it doesn't... It's it's just... he. His name's Peacemaker in the movie, and that that is what the, the spinoff series is going to be for him. And so apparently they've already filmed eight episodes. It's ready to go, and it's going to yeah. be out real soon in January. Apparently, uh, it's so, going to be on HBO Max. That's awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we'll talk about that on the show too, because I, I like, I don't care that DC is just ripping off Marvel. If it's good, yeah. if it's good, it's good. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if McDonald's makes a hamburger that sucks, and then the place next door also makes a hamburger that's really good, I'm gonna. I, I don't care. You know that they're both making hamburgers. I just want the good hamburger. Right. You know? Who's lying shorter? Like how do I get? You got it. Yeah. Who's so, I get too fast? so point is, is that um, he's awesome in this movie, and he, you know, has he's kind of a Drax character a little bit. There's yeah. there's like 18 Drax characters and and, and group characters in this movie. So, um, and we didn't talk about the director yet, but we will. Um, so point is, is that he's kind of an idiot, but he's he's a lethal weapon. Now, there's something that happens when we're introduced to him. Idris Elba is, uh, you know, being, he's going to be the leader of this team, and we'll talk about, he's recruited by, uh, what's her name, the, the lady that, uh, Viola Davis. Viola Davis. Amanda he's, Waller. He's, Amanda Waller. He's recruited by her, and he's going to meet his team, and the first person he meets is Peacemaker. And she describes his, uh, Mrs. Waller, she describes uh, Peacemaker's, like, you know, special powers and say he can make a weapon out of anything. And that's also how she described um, Idris Elba's character. Blood support. Right. So he's like, well, you know, we're the same guy, right? So you know there's going to be some kind of, you know, tension there and issue, right? Yeah. And then kind of going back and forth, like, well, well my dick's bigger. Right. No, yes. my dick's yeah, bigger. Dick measuring comes, of course. Um, which we saw in the uh, Fast and Furious uh, movie with The Rock and uh, what's his name? Remember that? Uh, there, was, there was just like the whole movie was these guys just trying to be like, what Jason Statement. Yeah, Statement. Yeah, Statham. Um, okay, so they meet each other, they say this, and one thing I don't, I, I do have a couple beefs with this movie, and this is one beef, is they set up this whole thing about both these guys can make a weapon out of anything, right? And there's a scene late in the movie where they've been captured, and this guy offers Idris Elba a cigarette and lights it, and I'm like, oh, he's going to make it into a weapon. No. 
No. no, they just kick the. They, he just starts talking about like all some ancient art of killing a man with one blow, which is a really cool scene. But don't do the cigarette then, because I was like, what the fuck? So they never pay that off. But maybe that'll come later. I don't know. I must have um, missed that part. Yeah, well, you know, I, I watched it twice, so I was paying attention. So I was doing dishes while I was watching it. Okay, watching. cool. Well, thanks for putting the effort in, John. I appreciate it. I mean, I watched it still, and I decided to, like, get the bottom of the cup, though, uh, too, at the same okay. time. Gotcha. So what else? Do we have other people to talk about? There's we, a million people, right? We do have other people. I just didn't take notes on them. Okay. Uh, we had Polka Dot Man, which <laughs> was David Dash, Dash Mal- Malchin. So if, Malchin. if um, Pee Wee Herman hadn't have had his issues in the you know late 80s, early 90s, or whatever that was, um, this guy wouldn't have a career, I guess? This guy has basically just got all the roles that Pee Wee Herman yeah. didn't get. Um, Pee Wee Herman should have gotten this role. However, this guy did great. So, Polka Dot Man is a very strange superhero um, because he has a intergalactic virus, basically, that yeah. makes him grow polka dots on his skin. And if he doesn't, like, jizz them out once, like, twice a day, he says, they'll just eat him alive. Um, this also has continuity, continuity issues late in the movie where he just doesn't have the polka dots for no apparent reason, you know? So Well, like, there's a scene towards, like, the beginning where he has these, like, bubbles growing on his face. Right. And then he, like, goes and takes a dump and then he doesn't have it anymore. But then, like, he doesn't have that by the end. Like, But then if he, had, if he like, shit all these out, why didn't he, like... Let's just carry them with him. Well, because they're very dangerous, you know. But he can store some of them, it seems like, in these, like, gauntlet things he wears, yeah. right? So it's it's confusing, but it's also very funny because he has a, a idiosyncrasy that is amazing. He hates his mother. And so yes. many times during the, during the movie, we see from his perspective what the world is like. And it is hilarious in the in the climactic moment of the movie. We get that, and it's amazing. There's so. two like scenes where they like that are fantastic. The climax, and then when they like all the teams merge up together, and he's like standing there staring, and every character is his mom. So like Peacemaker, Peacemaker is his mom. Bloodsport, like the rat lady like everyone is his mom there's just 17 different versions of her it's amazing which his mom is played by Lynn Ash oh okay uh interesting now um this also we you know of course Polka Dot Man is extremely overpowered the Poker Dots are so deadly they just like melt anything they touch <laughs> which they like <laughs> don't make that clear till the end right yes and I'm like yes. why weren't we using this more earlier on yeah my dude. Well, you know, you can only use what you can use. But uh, who else we got? Uh, we have King Shark. Yes. Okay. Do you know who played King Shark? Um, no. Who was it? Was so it Sylvester Stallone? Oh, <laughs> I saw his name in the credits, and I didn't ever think of who he was. So yeah, King that makes Shark. perfect sense because all he does is go, hey, Adrian. Yeah. <laughs> so King Shark is a shark. Um, that is a man, and yeah. he's a man that's a shark, and, and he wears pants. He wears pants, and he's very stupid, and he is Groot, but he's also um, Drax. Yeah, you know, he's kind of that. Um, he's real funny. When we meet him, he's reading a comic or something upside down, and he's he's pretending to read, and he's going, "I smart, look me, look me read." <laughs> and when they're doing the classroom scene, he like raises his hand, and uh, Waller's like, "Yes." Shark, that's your hand. Uh, <laughs> you can put it down now. He is, uh, you know, the whole 
everybody is comic relief in this show or this movie, but he is one of the big comic relief guys whenever he does anything. It's funny. He's also extremely overpowered as well and can just fucking, he's invincible pretty much. Yeah, invincible, can rip anything in half. Yes, but very dumb. So, you know, he does foolish things and, you know, it's a lot of fun. He's very childlike. Now, he has a special relationship, sort of, that's kind of teased with this uh, young lady, uh, the Rat Catcher 2. Who played her? uh, That is Daniela Melquire. Okay. Do we know her from anything? Let's see what she was in. She was on... Uh... No. Okay. She's like a... She seems French. Is she French? I think she's French. That would make sense. You know, because the rats. Because every... Like, all of her stuff's in French. She plays La Fille in the... The Black Book of Father Dennis. Okay. Father Dennis. That's, I don't think the Black Book of Father Dennis is good times. I think that's a book you don't want to be in. You know? yeah. so, anyway, um, so, she's Spanish. so she has a secret power that she can control rats, which again is extremely overpowered. And, you know, and it's awesome because all these characters are just like superpowers. And, you know, it's great. But all she has to do, like, it's just a device. Like, mm-hmm. it's not even necessarily a power. She's got, like, a honing device. She knows the secrets, though, that her dad taught her. So not just anybody can rat, control rats. Ratcatcher 1? Yes, Ratcatcher 1. That's right. And and what's great about her is her relationship with the shark. Also her relationship with Idris Elba. Because Idris Elba has a daughter that is being threatened. And that's why he's doing all these things. And, and you know, that's why he, he's been blackmailed into doing this. Which they all have, you know. And, um... And, you know, I I like her character because she makes... It's, it's, it's a rib on millennials, of course, you know. But it's a funny one and, like, kind of a loving one, you know. She's always tired, which is really funny. And she just wants to sleep, who which is outstanding. Who can't relate to that? That makes me laugh a lot. And because Idris Elba sees his own daughter in her, he does, you know, he becomes a hero and becomes a leader. And so that's awesome. I like that. Uh, let's go through some of the jobbers. Yes, please. These jobber characters are amazing. Uh, you have Pete Davison playing Blackguard. Blackguard, okay. I don't uh, remember him. He is the one when they get to the island, and he's like, Hey guys, like I'm the one that called you and gave you the heads up that we're here. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, yes. And he's he's actually a fairly famous actor. He gets killed like immediately. Uh, yeah, he's from Saturday Night Live. Got it. Okay. Famously dated Ariana Grande. Oh, God. People, that guy. people oh. accuse him of having butthole eyes. Oh. Um, starfish eyes. Yeah, starfish <laughs> eyes. Uh, you had Javelin, played by uh, Fluabo. Okay. Javelin was like a super heroic character that got just jobbed out immediately. And we'll talk about why these jobbers got jobbed out and what happened at the beginning of the movie. Uh, but there's one character that we meet first I'd like you to save for last on this list, okay. if you don't mind. Yes. Because then we can go right in. Uh, we had TDK, who was played <laughs> by Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Mm-hmm. Which he's like somewhat pretty well known for. He's very famous, and um, he's one of those guys that should have been in many of these movies as one of the main characters, but just hasn't. So they put him in as this fucking goofy-ass guy whose arm detaches. Yeah. His arms detach. 
and and that's it. So his arms go flying away and just slap people, and he stands there going, "Oh, I'm," you know, like it's all serious and like, shit. It's not even strong slaps. It's just like a little. Oh, slap. it's so funny! And he gets murdered immediately. Of yeah. course. Uh, you have uh, Mongal, who's played by Mailing Knight. Mongol, yes. Yeah, Mongol, which is like this red creature from like Star Trek kind of looking yeah. thing, you know. Uh, you have another returning character. There's only four returning characters in this. Okay. Yeah. Margot Robbie, uh, the Kinnaman guy, um, Viola Davis, and um, I think it's Ja Courtney who okay. plays Boomerang. Oh, yeah! Which they kind of like do a tongue-in-cheek thing at the beginning when Margot Robbie, when Harley Quinn gets on the airplane and she's like, Boomerang, I thought you were gone. You're back. Because he gets killed in the first movie. Right. <laughs> So it was funny that they're like, wait, what are you doing here? Jai Courtney, I believe, it's his trial for Return of the Show too. I think. Um, I remember we talked about him once, because he's on that show Spartacus Blood and Sand, and I was making jokes about that, So because he's a very funny individual. It's not supposed to be, but it's very funny. So, uh, but he's been in lots of stuff, and uh, I think... Maybe he was in another movie that I did with somebody else. I'm not sure. But uh, but anyway, welcome uh, back. There's Weasel, who's yes. played by Sean Gunn. Which is the brother of the director. And uh, Weasel is clearly a joke character. Um, they It's it's a fucking weasel. Um, that <laughs> is they, a man, basically. they get confused. Like, Pete Davidson is on the airplane. He's like, what? Is this a fucking werewolf? Get me away from the werewolf. And, uh, you, could, you know, what's her name? Uh, Harley Quinn's like, well, I've never met a werewolf before. I sure would like to. Oh, my God. She sounds like Doris from, yeah. uh, from, from the NWF. That's right. Uh, and then I guess we can go to, to, to your guy. Yes. Michael Rooker, right? Yes. He plays Saviant. So, Savant. Yes. Um, and Michael Rooker is like kind of our POV character when we start the movie. We see him, he's sitting in a, you know, this kind of cell, and he's got a, like, bouncy ball, and he's kind of got all these, like, these, these, I don't know, like, targets, X's. yeah, all over the room, because it's like an enclosed concrete room, and he, and a bird lands, all right? Now, this bird is a very specific bird. Do you know what this was referencing, what they were doing here, John? I don't, I just know it was like a yellow bird, wasn't it? Yes, uh, there's a very famous movie uh, called The Birdman of Alcatraz. And uh, it has been spoofed in many, many movies um, and many, many, you know, TV shows and stuff. And the idea is that this this guy uh, is a, you know, he gets, you know, hung up for murder in Alcatraz. And he, he you know, he has birds and the birds, he takes care of the birds. And that's the movie, you know. It's a really cool movie. Well, this bird lands and you're thinking, oh, bird, you know, I am. I'm thinking Birdman of Alcatraz. And just to prove that that's not what this movie's going to be, that this movie isn't going to be anything like this, he immediately kills it. Right? Oh, yeah. I knew it was coming. Like, as soon as the bird landed, I was like, oh, that thing's done so. But as I said about this being episodic, that bird comes back. And it comes back at the end of the very first episode of the movie, which is fantastic. What happens is that Michael Rooker is recruited onto the Suicide Squad with all these jobber characters we just talked about, right? Which and we don't know they're jobbers. At no, that not point. at all. Like, We're thinking like this is the this is the Suicide Squad, right? Because they like going into this like advertising wise, like uh, James Gunn made, made it very clear we're going to have so many people in this movie that like, you're not going to be able to like keep up. So when they like announce the cast, there's literally 20 people that they announce, and I'm like. 
how are we going to flesh out 20 characters in this yes. film? Yes, which they don't. They just kill a bunch of, bunch of And we forgot to mention the director is James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, Slither, many other movies. Um, he knows what he's doing. He's doing a fucking fantastic job with these movies. Everyone loves Guardians of the Galaxy. There's a really good reason why those movies are so well-loved. So having this movie start with Michael Rooker also is kind of a wink to... Marvel fans as well, yeah. because Michael Rooker was in those movies, and, uh, you know, and maybe if you like a lot of Walking Dead, too. Anyway, but... Uh, yeah, I, he's Merle in <laughs> right. Walking Dead. He, like, cuts his off. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, he's also in Mallrats, and that's my favorite. My favorite thing from Michael Rooker ever is he's the bad guy in Mallrats. It's awesome. So, uh, <clears throat> anyway... So you see Michael Rooker gets recruited on the Suicide Squad. He, you know, you got to do this thing. Basically, they have this thing implanted in their head. The head will explode if they don't follow directions. And that's important later. And so Michael Rooker is part of this, like, D-Day kind of situation. They're going to storm the beach, right? And they have uh, Mr. Flag with them. And basically, they just get all murdered. And what happens is Michael Rooker, he tries to run away. He gets his head exploded, all right, because you're not supposed to do that. And this is at the end of this first episode uh, where everyone's been murdered. Harley Quinn is captured and, um, and flagged. We don't know what happened to him, I don't think. And then this bird lands on the disgusting, you know, just brain fucking, I don't know, mass that is Michael Worker's head and starts eating his brains. So that's where the, that's... the bird comes back, and that's like the end of episode one, right? Which that is my first introduction into probably my favorite thing in the film is that for like each episodic part that you're talking about, they do a really creative way of like spelling out the title of the next chapter. So like they literally use his brains to put like Warner Brothers pictures <laughs> as like the, the and it takes us into like the title sequence and then there's like later on there's like shrapnel that spells out like the next place we're going. It's great. There's one where it's 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 parts of building tops, yeah. and it reads. But then when the, the the camera kind of soars over, you see it's just parts of the building that lined yeah. up. It's it's there's really neat things like this. Visually, this movie's fantastic. There's a couple kind of eh, CG is not that great in a couple spots, but I mean, I was also watching it at home. Yeah. That may have looked much better on the movie screen. I don't know. You know. Yeah. So. Like I honestly, I watched it at home as well, just because time constraints. Which uh -huh. that's the, like beauty of HBO Max right now and then putting all the Warner Brothers movies out this year. Pretty cool. Which I think next year they said they're only going to do like 10 releases. Well, they're all getting of, sued, you know. So. Yeah. Well, Disney's the one really yeah, getting Yeah, they're sued. next. Uh, HBO's next. So. <laughs> um, but, like, that's the beauty is that we could literally just watch it the day it came Absolutely. out. Absolutely. You um, can also watch, uh, you know, a bunch of Humphrey Bogart, Bogart movies. So, I mean, there's yeah. that too. But, like, I want to go see it again but in theaters. Like, yeah. The, this is like... This should be experienced in a big theater. I agree. I agree, yeah. And I, I do want to see it in the theater, but I'm so behind on theater movies. I got like six I got to see. Um, so, you know, then we get a second storming of the beach, basically, which is because we get the whole recruitment scene all over again. But this time it's with Idris Elba. We're introduced to his daughter. They have this hilarious argument where they just are screaming, fuck you, at each yeah. other. And we get to see that this movie is not joking around. You know, this movie, well, it is joking around, but you know what I mean. It's like... Uh, we have some seriousness to us. Yes, but. and it's and it's it's going to be insane. It's kind of the idea. Yeah. 
So we meet all of our, our, you know, modern versions of the of the Suicide Squad that are not dead on the beach somewhere, and they get recruited, and they're going to storm the beach. Now, John, can you explain what the plot of the movie is? Because, like, you know, there there's, like, this thing. What's their objective? What are they trying to do? Because they have an objective, and then they have a secret objective. Uh, the main objective is to, like, take down this other country's, like, dictatorish leader, right? No. Okay, so their that, job... Is no. that the side one? That has nothing to do with it. So they actually, I think, were supposed <laughs> to protect that guy, I think. So, oh, well, um, because what they were supposed to do was take out the starfish, all right? So there is yes. a secret base in this okay. in this South American country, and that's what they, they're supposed to infiltrate and destroy that. But also they have a secret mission to destroy any evidence of American involvement, right? And only John Cena and maybe Idris Elba know about that part of the yes. of the secret mission, right? So that's kind of what they're there to do. Um, the next scene that I kind of want to talk about is where we think that Flag is um, captured. Yeah, do you remember this? Well, what they thought he was kind of like they thought he was captured because nobody could figure out where his body was at, and so you have Team B showing up to the scene. After after a very comical uh, night of sleep, where they wake up to King Shark trying to <laughs> that's right. too, that's right. And they like go over and they like knock him down to get him to stop. And John Cena shows up and he's just in his underwear for some reason. Everybody else is fully clothed, and they're like. Dude, why are you in your underwear? And he's like, well, why, why am I not? Like, what's... I was a little worried at that point, man. I really was. I was like, is this what's going to be the whole movie with John Cena? But he ended up being good, so I just, you I, know... John Cena was probably my favorite part of this Really? Oh, film. okay. Not me, but I thought he was and, very good. And that's not, I mean, that's not just me being a mark for John Cena. <laughs> like, I genuinely thought he was just hilarious throughout this entire thing. He he said fuck a lot. He, yes. And that was awesome. And he so, killed a lot of people. Yes. And I'm like, this is not... John Cena and his green and yellow uh, armbands oh, no. and shirts and hats. This is never give up fascism. That's what it is. Yeah. So, and you know, if you've watched The Boys, you know, Homelander is like a you know, 18 dimension version of this character. You know what I mean? A much better version of this character. But this is a movie. You, can, you don't have time for this shit. You gotta, you know, you can't. So that's why I'm very interested to see the series with John Cena because they'll be able to kind of get into, you know, make him more of that, like, very dimensional character. But anyway, he does have dimensions in this movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, so they go on this mission to try and find Flag, um, and they're told, take out any anybody you see. Yeah, kill everybody. Because yes. they <laughs> might not be on our side. So they get to this little village, and Bloodsport and Peacemaker basically have a pissing contest to see if we can kill the most people in the most outlandish way possible uh, with the fewest amount of bullets. Yes. Uh, they also have an argument at the very beginning of the movie about, you know, well, I'm going to do this. No, I'm going to do that. And one of the things that they mention is like, well, I can shoot you know, better than you can. He's like, well, you know, I'll shoot, I'll shoot bigger bullets. He's like, well, I shoot smaller bullets. They'll go through your bigger bullets, and you knew what right. was going to happen in the end. You know, so uh, it was good stuff. It's good foreshadowing. So, yeah. So they start killing everyone, and we 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 finally see that Flag is in this tent, and he's there with this like kind of like freedom fighter lady. And turns out that these were like allies that um, they were supposed to like help recruit. He was recruiting them to help them on their mission. Yeah. <laughs> they killed all of them. She, like, comes out of the tent, and she's like, yo, what the fuck y'all just do? 
you literally just took out my entire squadron. So like even just the people who were like making us dinner, you killed them too. We're doing our laundry. So everybody's dead. And uh, and for some reason, this is one of the weird conceits about this movie that you're going to be like, oh my God, is that this freedom fighter lady still wants to work with them after they killed right. all of her I friends. would be like, no, no, dog. <laughs> you killed the, old, the whole like resistance army. What do you want from me? So um, that's that's hilarious. And so that's when we kind of you know get into the meat of our movie as far as, um, or, or is that where we meet the, the Harley Quinn thing? I think that's, that's kind of where we go to so, Harley Quinn. So. so after they save Flag, then they flashback to Harley Quinn. So this is this is my second favorite part of the film, is that they'll do one scene, and then they'll rewind the tape and start that, and then catch back up. From someone else's point. From someone else's yes. perspective. Uh-huh. And then we'll jump over to another scene that we had to rewind back, and so now we're starting at point A again, but now we're going further into like the storyline. So we meet back up with Harley Quinn. She's the only one still alive on the beach. Well, Javelin is for a second. <laughs> and he like looks at her and he's like, hey babe, take this Javelin. You're gonna need it later. And then he dies. And it's four! It's four! It's and four. he dies and she starts shaking away! For <laughs> who? Like, what do I do? What? <laughs> what do I need this Javelin for? So she now has a she now has a a mission from God, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So which is she pretty has funny. Huge spiked javelin on both sides that she manages to like just take with her everywhere she goes yeah no one ever takes it from her no nope. uh so she gets captured and then taken to the el presidente uh house yes where she's held captive and questioned and tortured and then mistakenly left by herself with the torturer where she uh straddles his neck and snaps it and then just tiptoes up his backside yes takes the keys which is awesome and and i'm trying to remember so this is the general that's doing so there's two factions going on well three technically in this like south american country there's the freedom fighters which we talked about there is the general who's in charge of the army and then there's the president and so the president and the general don't agree with each other for some reason and so the general is is torturing harley i don't remember how she becomes you know, with the president, but um, well, I think he just wants to vote her. Well, yeah, but what well, he says he's doing it for his country because they think that she's anti-American, and that'll basically like make him super popular with the anti-American types, and that's great for him. So there is a scene though in this this whole this whole kind of you know sequence here where Harley Quinn is being wooed by this uh, El Presidente, and this motherfucker has an honest to goodness menagerie of birds. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's a wink it's a wink to the birds of prey movie, I, I guess that made me laugh so hard because when you think about the ridiculous th- I mean that's like that's like you know the 12 days of Christmas type of thing a yeah. menagerie of birds is like the private jet of the ancient world you know what I mean right. so amazing that made me laugh really hard and later on the uh, the general after the president gets killed by uh, by Harley Quinn the general burns menagerie birds just to be a dick he doesn't like them oh man that's really funny oh but yeah so before she gets captured they have their little uh, fornication uh, they're you know oh she gets captured because she kills him that's yeah, what it is okay they, we had it backwards yeah they bone 
and then he says something about kids and she kills him because she's like I like I can't be with you <laughs> she's, you like ki- you like killing like, kids she said killing kids is kind of a red flag <laughs> <laughs> so she kills him and then this is where we get the long like killing spree of her where she like manages to find two guns and literally takes out the entire force of his security until she gets captured. And at the end of the previous scene, Flag had realized that she was um, captured. And so because of that, they had interrogated somebody or something. They found out that she was captured. So they had actually planned to go save her. And so, you know, we get her saving herself, which... I know that's kind of a thing in movies now where a woman can't be saved by a man because men are all stupid. I get it. Um, you know, that's a weird thing, which I, I don't necessarily really like that, but I do love, I didn't, they snuck it past me is what I'm trying to say. You yeah. know, in this movie, I didn't even notice. I was like, this is great. Well, it's because they do another like tongue in cheek joke because she yes. is like, <laughs> she gets out of the building and she's like hailing a taxi because she's ready to go on her mission again with the javelin. She puts it in the, she puts it in the back seat. <laughs> And she like looks over and she sees Flag and like Peacemaker. Bloodsport, yeah. Going into the building. And she's like, oh, sorry, let me get this. And she like runs up and she's like, hey, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, oh, we came to save you. And she's like, oh, that's so sweet. Do you want me to go back inside? (laughs) She's like, I can do that. She wants to be saved. Right. She's She's so touched by that. She's like, I'll go back inside and act like I'm tied up. You guys can come free me. And Flag and her have a moment here, you know, and that's kind of, we're starting to get a little shipping or will they, won't they between those two, right? Uh, Which, you know, will lead to stuff in the future, which is great because they, you know, do something pretty cool with him that allows her to now be upset and maybe show up in the John Cena show, maybe, you know? Maybe. uh, Margot Robbie said she never wants to play Harley Quinn again. Really? Which I'm sure she's tied to contracts so sorry yeah, about your that's, luck that's well somebody else does it whatever you know um but uh i hope that person i hope that character shows up in in the tv show because that would make perfect sense yeah he needs to get revenge you know so anyway well um so they all of our characters have, have finally shown up together right and so now it's time for them to figure out their plan but guess what they want to do there's this character we haven't mentioned yet it is the worst character in the movie, and I don't, I don't like this character. I, there's nothing to them. It's a guy, a bald guy, all right. Brain guy. It's which who has all these like diode things sticking out of his head, and it's supposed to make his brain good, according to him. Um, and he's the only one. He's like been in charge of. All, he's the scientist guy in charge of all the experiments on Starro the Destroyer, which we need to or the Conqueror, which we need to talk yes. about that uh, character, of course, as well. Um, and so we, we kind of intercut with all these things we've been talking about. We're, we're getting information about the bad guys and what they're doing. And so apparently Nazis built this, this testing facility, but then they were kicked out. But the thing that they had been testing on was not. And that was Starro the Conqueror, which is a giant starfish slash butthole. That um, its power is that it has it can emit these little tiny starfishes that then latch onto people's faces like an alien, yeah. and co- controls them and uses their mass to make himself bigger and more powerful. Yep. Basically, right? Uh, so that's kind of what's been going on, and they've been testing on him for thirty years or something crazy like that, right? I am one confusing thing about this movie is that when you first meet the bad guys, you're kind of supposed to... It, it's like you're supposed to feel sorry for... your sympathy for Star of the Destroyer. Because the, the people who are trapped there you know, speak in his voice, and they say, let us go! 
You know, please. What if you've been held in this here forever? But then later on, Starro is most certainly the bad guy of the movie. Yeah. So that's kind of a little tone weird thing that's going on in the movie that I don't like. But, you know, can't be perfect. So. Well, maybe he's like, uh, you know, doing a little bait and switch earlier on. He's like, let me out. I just want to go. So he's trying to trick people. And then, which, and then yes. he gets his freedom. And he's like, hell yeah, let's go, brother. It, it, it is that. You're right. But it doesn't read that way when you watch it. You know, it's kind of like, eh, I don't get this. But, is um, that guy Dr. Fitzgibbon? I don't know. I literally can't find this picture. I don't know. Who cares? It's, I, it's the worst character. He gets killed in a very satisfactory character. way, but, you know, it's very stupid. Um, but, yeah, he he's just, like, he's worthless. I don't know. So, anyway, they want to capture this guy because he's going to be the key to get into the, the fucking secret base, right? So, they go to a bar, and this is another thing, no little nitpick I have with the movie. They start getting drunk, all right? That yes. plays no part in the rest of the movie. Which sucks. I thought for sure that they would then be drunk for the rest of the movie, or at least part of it, you know what I mean? But well, it, it doesn't play any part in it. Well, they had the sobering experience of a car crash. They did. Um, they also got attacked by the army. The army shows up. They go to a bar. Uh, they, they know this guy's going to show up. They get drunk, waiting. And then the army shows up looking for Americans. And we have the three, what, two Americans and one uh, New Zealander, <laughs> English yeah. guy, um, uh, uh, you know, basically saying we're Americans, and they get they get captured while Ratcatcher Number Two and Polka Dot Man take the Brainiac guy with them, right? Yes. Um, which I thought for sure he was going to get one over on them, but he did not, which was good. Um, but uh, so so then our, our characters are split up again, and I don't remember where Harley well, is at this point. So I think we put the scenes out of order. I'm sure I think we the have, bar I'm scene. Sorry, guys. The bar scene happened before. The Harley Quinn rescue. Okay. I believe. Because really? then they all meet up and then they're on top of the building and then that's why they devised the plan to break into the top secret headquarters. Yeah, with but the brain. But they, the bars, okay, so they already have him at that point. I he's with so. them the whole time? Is he like Milton? They have, he's, he's been with us the whole time. <laughs> the known guy, I still, when they like brought that up, I was like, I don't know. That is really funny. So, there's a character that drives them around, and we meet him pretty much at this point. Because what happens is, is eventually they kind of all get back together, and then they drive through the night. And this is when they sober up, basically. They drive yeah. through the night, and it's daytime all of a sudden to get to this uh, secret base. And this guy drives them, and his name is Milton. He's just like a normal dude, and like just like the Uber driver. <laughs> yes, he gets murdered later on, and and like someone's like polka dot man's complaining about it, and no one remembers who he is. <laughs> it's really funny. Like he's laying there dead right in front of him. Like, nah, that's not a guy we know. Right, where did he come from? <laughs> and then Harley Quinn is like talking to Idris Elba and she's like so whatever Milton he's like well I'm not Milton he goes we just had a conversation about how your name is Milton he's like nope <laughs> that shit is funny you know I like that but okay yeah. so where they, take, go, they take Brainiac uh, this is where they split up okay. uh, two people are I think uh, King Shark Peacemaker Rat Catcher 2 and Flag they take the Brain Guy they get into the building while Bloodsport, Polka Dot, and Harley Quinn and Milton go to the tower to like keep watch up there. And so shenanigans ensue, they get inside the headquarters, and then like Brainiac takes them down. I don't, I don't think his name is Brainiac. I think we're just calling that. It's funny. Yeah, we're just going to go with it. He okay. takes them down to the lair where they discover all of the basically star people. Yes. Been, 
infected with Starro. And it's disgusting. Um, I mean, it is awful. There's ripped off faces and like, it's gross. It's awesome. And so it. he basically is like, <laughs> I got you down here and now you got to know that the U.S. is behind all of this. Right. Yes. And so. Flag's like, well, not on my watch. I'm going to expose America. And then he pulls the hard drive out and then Peacemaker comes up and he's like, yo, not on my watch. Right. You ain't doing that because I'm here to make peace no matter what the circumstance is. And as we said earlier in the movie, Peacemaker, and I think it's Selva too, they had a secret mission to destroy this evidence. And yeah. what had happened is, is that the United States uh, NASA guys had found Starro in space and brought him to Earth, and they were the ones funding all the experiments, right? So yep. this is an American thing, and lots of people have died. And so, which is, you know, typical of American history, you know. So, yeah. um, you know, check out Cambodia and, uh, you know, various other countries. We've just fucking murdered a million people in for no reason. But, you know, that's what we do. Uh, but we can't learn about that because the same people that say, like, well, you got to learn your past or you're doomed to repeat it are like, well, we don't want to know about the bad stuff. You know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, because we, we don't want to know that. That would be, like, bad opinions that people would have of us. And, oh, my goodness, we can't take criticism. It's ridiculous, John. But yes, so <laughs> so Brainiac, uh, <laughs> Brainiac reveals the plot, and then we have a scuffle between Peacemaker and Flag. Yes, that, great fight scene. Yeah, great really fight good. scene. They had this spot where, uh, like, Peacemaker's helmet falls off, and they're showing the fight them fighting and the reflection yes, of his helmet very cool and I was like oh my god that's such a beautiful shot there's tons of stuff like this in this movie and like it's it's I, at first I was a little worried they were going to show the whole fight that way but no then a dude gets like thrown into the wall and you see him come into the frame and it's like okay that's cool yeah. Um, I think they hung on that a little long, but that's just my opinion. I, I'm going to be nitpicky, of course. Oh, I was ready to watch the whole fight. <laughs> nah, nah, you know, that's too much. But uh, it, it was that, that fight scene is intense, and it's awesome. Awesome. And so they fight, and it looks like Flag is going to finish off Peacemaker, but then Peacemaker finds, like, a piece of toilet tile and uh, shoves it into Flag's heart. And then they show him like hit it again and then they go inside of yeah. Flag's body and we show heart like cam. the heart get <laughs> the heart get cut in half and he slowly dies Aww. and then Ratcatcher 2 you know just pops up out of nowhere grabs the hard drive and Peacemaker starts chasing her down. Right so now we have the situation where the Ratcatcher 2 the young lady she's in peril alright and she's being chased and so this sets up our kind of like final showdown between um Bloodsport and Peacemaker, right? But and we don't know that until we flash back eight minutes earlier. Right. So, because is that where we see the shark uh, going up and doing all that <laughs> yeah, stuff? Yeah, so okay. then they. Because the building's being destroyed too. We forgot to mention that. The yeah. building's like falling apart while this is all going on. So, Ratcatcher 2 like pleads for her life, like, here, just take the hard drive, destroy it. You don't have to kill me. And then he's like, well, I'm very thorough at my job. Very thorough, yes. <laughs> and then it splits off and eight minutes earlier and we go to the top of the tower where Harley and Bloodsport Polka Dot King Shark oh yeah King Shark's up there 
Well, the trick was King down Sh at the bottom. No, King Shark runs into the tank thing and gets, yes. and we think he's being worshipped by these little, oh, dumb friends, he says. Yeah. But really, they're like evil little, like, shits from space or something. Yep. I don't know. So. And so King Shark destroys, uh, or ends up getting the, the fish tank. Um, there's an explosion somehow. The building starts to collapse. Milton dies yeah. in the gunfight. That's funny. Um, and then, yeah, and then at some point, Idris Elba's blood sport comes crashing through the ceiling and ends up right in front of Peacemaker as he's about to kill. He Rock crashes through two. all of the ceilings in hilarious fashion, yes. too, which is very funny. Um, and then they have a little face-off, and they both shoot at each other. Uh, Peacemaker's big bullet versus Bloodsport's little bullet. And what happens? It goes right through Peacemaker's neck. He's dead. He's not alive. He's dead. And so, um, you know, and, and he's like, how? And he's like, smaller bullets, like you told him. It goes yeah. through his bullets. So, um, which, by the way, those smaller bullets, um, a lot of times they hit a person and start tumbling. It's not good. It's real really? bad. Yeah. So the, the 22 caliber, especially, you know, like your your M16s and stuff like that, you know, the AR-15, those are all 22 caliber uh, rifles. And they just have longer bullets that are designed to hit you and tumble. So they start tumbling when they get inside a body. And oh. they just blow a giant hole in it. And it's the worst thing ever. So that's awful. Um, but uh, guns, so I guess if you're trying to kill someone, then that's great. Yeah, but. guns are guns are bad. Okay. Uh, so anyway... Um, yeah, so the the hero wins as far as that goes. He and, and he was protecting, you know, the person that he was kind of like the daughter type yeah. character. So that was interesting. She gives him the hard drive, he sticks yes. it in his sleeve, mm -hmm. and they all meet up and they're they're like, "Hey, our job's done. We're gonna leave. We're gonna go home. I'm gonna get my daughter out of prison or keep her from prison." But that's not what happens. No, because um, the military shows up yes. and they're there to capture them because they've also been told kill on sight like get right. rid of all these people and Starro the Conqueror Starro the Conqueror decides <laughs> appears. I'm tired of being down here and starts destroying his way out from the basement and uh, the anti-heroes run out of the building and uh, Starro pops up and is the most colorful villain I've ever seen did you like Starro the, the Conqueror I did I think it is one of the stupidest villains there ever is but uh, I also think this movie proves that DC literally has a ton of stupid characters. that's fair that's fair and well but it's it's fun you know it's, fun. it's very fun but it's very like who came up with this guy <laughs> who came up with polka dot it's a giant fucking starfish and with a big eye in the middle so that shoots out smaller starfish yes. out of its like sides and we gotta we gotta wrap this up here, but um, you know what happens is is that at this point we have our big ending, and and you know there's all kinds of little things that happen, but the point is is that we know Harley Quinn has this javelin, and the whole time you know as soon as I saw the starfish, I was like, oh okay, you know it's got one eye, you know, and uh, she is you know supposed to basically you know according to her thoughts she's going to destroy this thing by poking it in the eye with the goddamn javelin, right? That's what she was meant to do. But that's not all, because we also have another hero. Like I said, everyone's powers are kind of coming together. We have big teamwork, and but the big two that are the most important, I think, are Ratcatcher 2, 
um, and, and Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn pokes a hole in the eye which allows all of the rats in the city to enter Starro who have been climbing up its legs and stuff and we see how overpowered Ratcatcher 2 is. You know what I mean? She yes. is very overpowered and um, you know the, the rats can rule the world, you know. So um, by the way, if you, if you don't know what a rat king is, don't look it up. Don't do it. I'm you'll you'll it be up. very upset. You'll be upset with me because um, it's a real thing and it is fucking gross. <laughs> I'm about to look it up now. Uh, it's also neat because the theme of the uh, of the the movie uh, Suicide Squad is that these are reprobates. These are folks who cannot be redeemed. All right, they are criminals, and that's a that's a societal thing that we can't redeem criminals. We just throw them in jail and forget about them. Right? Ew. Well, guess what? That's how rats are treated, too. Rats are the most hated of all creatures, you know. And really, rats are very loyal. If you've ever had a rat as a pet, it's a fantastic pet. They're they're awesome. And they've also helped us with so much just by dying, you know, through experimenting and stuff like that. So rats are awesome. So that's kind of the theme of the movie towards the end. Um, we get the big finish. Uh, Starro, the Conqueror, is killed and uh, from the inside out and our heroes celebrate um, but we also get a couple post-credit scenes did you look up uh, Rat King? I did but it's disgusting you want to describe it for folks? Uh, so a Rat King <laughs> is essentially when a group of rats their tails get entangled and they are trapped together and basically are this like ball of rats that swarm and like take over things. 100% real. So it's, it's so disgusting. gross. Yes. Um, goodness. Okay, so we have two post-credits scenes. One of them is just a joke, and that is that Weasel, who had we thought had drowned at the beginning of the movie, yep. he just shows up on the beach and is like, hop, hop, and just walks off, right? So we know Weasel's alive. He'll be back. Right? He'll be back. And then we have a post-credits scene with someone else who's still alive. Who is that, John? They uh, they show us a hospital scene. They're walking down the hallway, and they're like, hey, uh, it was a close call. We thought he was going to die, but we were to recover him. And it's Peacemaker. Yep. Just laying in bed. He's still alive. He's really hard to kill. And uh, that's pretty cool. Now, there are many plot things that we missed. We missed all the Waller stuff. We missed a bunch of stuff in the plot. There's so much that happened in this movie. It's fucking action-packed. The action never stops. It's so much fun. I don't know. What else you got, John? Or you want to talk about our final thoughts here? What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's, we can talk about our final thoughts. I mean, I can, I can lead us off here. I mean, it's a little over two hours, which, you like, I'm, I'm not a fan of movies that are over two hours anymore. Like, give me a tight hour and 30, hour yeah, and 45. Please. I want to be in and out. And I want that time runtime to also include the credits so I'm out even sooner <laughs> um, but this like so I watched it in two parts like I started it Thursday night finished it this morning uh, like it's very enjoyable and it's a quick two hours it feels quick yeah. even though I watched it at different times like it felt like it went very fast all of it because the storylines great the action scenes are great it's really colorful for being it's supposed to be a dark movie, but it's very bright. Well, there's a the Harley Quinn scene where she's doing all the fighting. All of a sudden, instead of blood, there's there's flowers, flowers coming out of everything. It's so neat. I just love that. Like if if I if I still did acid or something like this, this movie would be fantastic for that because it's like, what is this weird ass shit happening? Yeah. So much fun. But I think James Gunn just continues to prove like he is the king of like ensemble movies. 
there. Like, like he can just do, give him 17 people and he's going to be able to shuffle those up and put out a really creative movie that fleshes out characters and like gives them meaning while also killing off a bunch of people <laughs> in fun, fun ways. Yeah. What about you? I, I love this movie. I thought it was awesome. I'm definitely going to watch it again in the future. Um, Hopefully with you sometime because man, this is a fun one. It's a this is one of those movies that you watch it by yourself. You have fun. You watch it with a group of friends. It would probably be even more fun, you yeah. know. And uh, I've, I have a feeling this is a, it's so dense with jokes and kind of cool little things. You can watch this many times and still not catch everything. So uh, you know, it's it's good for rewatches. I'm sure. Um, like I said, I watched it twice. I, I you know, obviously, I think it's we don't even have to ask. We both recommend this movie. It's definitely a great movie. Um, I loved it, and I'm so happy that we got a chance to talk about it. Now, John, we have a back catalog a little bit of movies that we need to get to. And this yeah. one, you know, sometimes what happens is we have this list, and then something jumps the line. And this movie jumped the line just because it just did, because of opportunity. Well, because it was easy for us. We yes. could both watch it for yes. free. Opportunity it was great, you know. So, But we have some more coming, you know, that we need to work on, and we're going we're gonna to get I've together. I've seen two so. with wrestlers now. Okay. Uh, Fast and Furious 9. Right, I have not seen that yet. And that. Jungle Cruise. Yes, I need Jungle to see that Cruise as well. was fantastic. Okay. I love Jungle Cruise. Okay, well, then I need to see that. So that's so we have these movies in the backlog. We also have a Walking Tall that we want to do and a bunch of other stuff. But um, So we'll get to these and we'll get them out when we get them out. But I appreciate everybody listening. Is there anything else we need to talk about here? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Sayonara.